0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Behind the Stories, a podcast from UConn Journalism and the team behind the Roundup Connecticut newsletter. I'm your host, Amanda Cabral, and I'm here with two more members of the Roundup team, Riley McGinnis and Madison Gearloff. In this edition of Behind the Stories, we'll talk with the editors of three thriving hyperlocal news websites in Connecticut and learn more about how they've found success, often by themselves or with only a small team. The most popular hyperlocal news sites focus on a specific town or region or beat. A well-known example of a hyperlocal news site is Patch.com, which the Nieman Journalism Lab at Harvard University described as a springboard for the current generation of hyperlocal news sites. The key to running a news site like this, according to Nieman, is to make it very local, like the community newspapers that preceded them. 60% of hyperlocal news sites have less than 20 employees, and it's usually small teams that are reporting producing, and publishing multiple news stories every day. Before we get more into how hyperlocal news sites are run, let's introduce ourselves and we'll tell you a little bit about who we interviewed. All right, so Maddie, do you want to tell me a little bit about who you talked to? I interviewed Doug Hardy, who co-runs CT News Junkie with his wife, journalist Christine Stewart. It's not hyperlocal in the sense that it's isolated to just one area of Connecticut, such as the other sources that we'll be talking about later. But it's hyperlocal in the sense that it really only focuses on political news coming out of the Capitol in Hartford. That's great. And uh, Riley, you talked to somebody who's the editor of a hyperlocal news site, right? Yeah, I talked to Mike Dynan
1: at the New Canaanite, which is pretty much just a one-man show covering the whole New Canaan area. He has an amazing newsletter that he puts out every day, which
0: actually has a 60% open rate, which is incredible for such a small site. Wow, that is a really impressive open rate. So I also got to talk to you an editor of another really successful hyperlocal news site with a pretty big following. I got to talk to Ronnie Newton, who is the managing editor of Weha.com, which covers news in West Hartford, Connecticut. So we got to have a conversation about basically what it was like starting Weha.com and what it's like to run it now and how it's evolved over the years. Earlier we had mentioned that hyperlocal news sites are often run by just an individual or a small team of people, yet they're still capable of putting out so much content. So we decided to ask all these editors how they run their site and what a typical day is like for them.
1: Mike Dinan had a lot to say about how he just starts his day, wakes up with his dogs um, and finds his stories through personal connections social media everything like that so it was interesting to see how he collects all of his news throughout the week and puts it into a newsletter every morning and how he just goes about his daily life while creating this massive hyper local site
2: I would say I you know I typically start my day whenever I get up unless it's like an early meeting to cover I just I wake up with my dogs, wake me up (laughs) and then I uh, and then I um you know, put the uh, the morning newsletter content out onto social media. So I'll take whatever that you know, whatever I wrote the day before, and uh, that ended up in in the newsletter for the morning, and I'll post it to our Facebook and Twitter pages. And then, um, and then I'll just figure out what I'm going to cover. And uh, you know, part of the joy of doing this work is you really never know how your day is going to go. So there's always a lot of flexibility. I'm always willing to um, put off things that I had plans to write if something more interesting pops up, and to you know discover new things going on.
0: And we're also going to hear from Doug Hardy of CT News Junkie and Ronnie Newton of WeHa dot com to hear what a typical day is like for them.
3: We 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 are a small bootstrapped business, you know, so we don't have foundation funding. We don't have an office per se. Uh, Christine works out of the. Uh, the public press room, right? The reporters who are full time covering uh, the legislature or, or state politics. So uh, she has a desk up there. We have a few desks up there, you know, we have one available for freelancers and stuff like that as well, and, and all other folks who cover the Capitol. And uh, for me, I, I, you know, I work out of a home office and uh, I have a whiteboard of projects that uh, I have to write smaller and smaller and smaller on, in order to keep up with all
1: the technical problems or projects or goals that we want to reach. Oh boy, I guess really I would have to say that there is absolutely no typical day. Um, When you're in this kind of business, you pretty much need to be able to respond to things pretty quickly. I did cover breaking news, so I kind of always have to be ready to go. Well, there's actually no one way that I find content. Uh, some people might think that, you know, my morning routine of kind of uh, reading my email and looking at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram is a waste of time. But I get so many story ideas just from reading and, you know, seeing what's going on in other communities as well as seeing posts on Facebook from people in the community who. Mention something has happened. People text me, they Facebook message me, they call me, they email me.
0: In the American Press Institute survey that I talked about earlier on in the podcast, they found that 14% of hyperlocal news sites are actually run by a single person. We're going to hear a little about how many people work on these hyperlocal news sites from Ronnie Newton of weha.com. And then a, you know, sports person who
1: is part-time and interns and We accept user-generated content, um, you know, anything we can find.
0: There are so many ways to make a new site engaging, but a big part of that is definitely picking content that is going to be engaging to readers and finding things that they'll be interested in. I know I talked to Ronnie Newton about this, and for her, she said part of it is that she actually lives in West Hartford, and she's part of the community, so she knows what's going to be engaging to the other people in her town, and she knows exactly what they're going to want to read. So you mentioned that your business content is very popular. So, would you say that those kind of stories get the most engagement from your readers? On an overall
1: basis, absolutely. Then there sometimes are other stories that will be really engaging, like um, the public works department was putting out this proposal to change the way pe- the way the trash collection was handled, and it was a pay-as-you-throw system that they were proposing. And that story, because it hits people in their pocketbooks, got a ton of engagement. Um, Stories that have to do with zoning, if it's really going to have a major impact on a large segment of the community, also get a lot of engagement. There's no one way. And as far as the second part of that question, how do I make it engaging? I think I've been covering this town long enough. And I'm also part of this community, so I know what's interesting to me. So I've got the years and years of experience in knowing what people read. People love stories about dogs and other animals. They love to hear about restaurants, even though they say West Hartford has too many restaurants. Any new restaurant story gets a lot of page reads.
0: And now we'll hear from Mike Dinan of New Canaanite.
1: You know, a story... You know, one of the most rare stories we have was
2: about a woman who um, was walking her chihuahua and she was attacked by a wild turkey oh that God. came running out of the woods. Oh. And, you know, that might not be like a big story if you're, you know, covering, I don't know, um, a, a, you know, a large, you a larger coverage area mm-hmm. or if it's a common occurrence and you're out in the country. But in New Canaan, that was sort of like a funny off-the-wall thing that happened. So, um um, but whatever those stories are, it's sort of your job as a reporter to ferret to, to them out and to have that news judgment to say, well, yeah, this is interesting for my readers. Mm-hmm. So, so I, that's a long way of saying I think it can be done anywhere. Yeah.
1: So do you think part of it's just knowing your audience or...
2: Yeah, knowing your audience and being consistent in the quality mm-hmm. of your work oh. and exercising pretty consistent news judgment. I mean, there are, there are things that I you know, almost never cover and there are things that I cover in depth way out of proportion with other news outlets. I pay a lot of attention to the animal control section of the local police department and anything they do with snapping turtles and skunks and raccoons and foxes and coyotes and dog bites and whatever. I mean I'm very interested in it. Mm -hmm. Um I I but I then again I almost never go to meetings of the local Board of Finance. You know, it's just You know, so I'm very consistent in what I cover, you know, Um, so I think people have
3: expectations of what's going to be in the newsletter, and I deliver on it.
0: And here's Doug Hardy of CT News Junkie. I'm
3: probably jumping ahead of myself here, but the truth is the Internet is not designed to, uh, you know, the algorithms in search are not designed to surface or or prioritize uh, what is simply good journalism. And you know the algorithms want other things as well and uh, certain types of headlines and, and uh, you know I think for a long time it was keywords, but now I, I believe those have been de-emphasized. and there's a, it's, the algorithms change all the time and unfortunately, the, uh, the things we learned in the newspaper business, how to write a concise lead and a concise or, you know, in particular a concise headline, uh, you know the and, and, and then and then being able to fit headlines into one column with this you know four decks that is a science that is law that is absolutely useless on the internet I'm sad to say <laughs> and so like there's a lot of those types of conflicts uh, within the method the legacy methodology that you know it's still being taught you know and, and there's nothing wrong with teaching it for, for print and, uh, and and you know the other methodology for for broadcasts. There's, there's still a, a marketplace there, but the internet is not designed to surface that. And so there's a lot of pressure for us to create content that, uh, sort of flies in the face of,
0: of tight writing or, or good journalism in order to, to, to a piece of the algorithm. I mean. The American Press Institute actually did a survey of hyperlocal news sites, and they found that banner advertising is the main source of revenue, and then followed by grants after that. So I know this is true for Ronnie Newton of Weha.com. Uh, what did you guys find when you talked to your people? How about you, Maddie? Yeah, so when I talked with Doug Hardy of CT News Junkie about this and advertising and how they do get revenue on the site, he did mention that he went through a trial and error period with advertisements and trying to find the correct way of how to go about it. Why don't we actually take a look at what he said, and he can give more information.
3: You know, to be honest, as a, as a, a, a revenue-oriented person, uh, you know, like sales is supposed to be the thing that supports businesses like ours. And uh, it's really hard to drum up sales in, uh, in political, uh, ad sales in political news, you know, for a political news site. You, you either have the, the audience that uh, those clients want or you don't, and they can figure that out. And, and, you know, the beauty of our business is that once Christine found her, her uh, niche and, and, and hit critical mass in terms of audience, we started to grow the site. That was around 2008 uh, after we launched a, a newsletter, an email newsletter. Um, you know, the traffic started to grow, and we started to, get inquiries about advertising, and um, it kind of took off from there. You know, we're not we're not breaking any revenue or sales records by any means. Like, we're not Politico, we're not Axios, um, but we're
0: a, a mini version of those for-profit companies here in Connecticut. And here's what Ronnie Newton of com had to say about advertising.
1: Um, but yeah, advertising is, is our bread and butter. We do events also with um, WH Media, which is owned by two of the owners of we um, and, and the sponsorship dollars that come from those events, but that's that's a portion of, of what brings us income, but advertising is really the bulk of it.
0: So we had mentioned this earlier, but Nieman said that the way to make a successful site is to be as local as possible. So with that said, we wanted to find out if these sites were crafted to fit their designated neighborhoods or if their editors think they'd actually be successful in other locations as well. Here's Mike Dinan of New Canaanite to start us off. I think it works anywhere. Um, you know, it's really not. I think that the
2: um, the way that Keith and I come from a newspaper background, like a lot of people who are, you know, who are doing this now, that's where I sort of developed as a reporter and as a journalist. And uh you know, it used to be when you look to launch a news outlet, you would start with your coverage plan. You know, you'd say, well, what are we going to cover here? And, um, you start with the various public boards and commissions and you think about how often people are arrested. And, you know, you sort of think about those, those different buckets, those different, um, cover traditional coverage areas. And, with the New night and with these online newsletters that go out, I think I think about it very differently. I just think about the reader experience of opening a newsletter and getting a little snapshot of your town and looking through the headlines and seeing what's going on. And I, so I think there's a version of that for everywhere that a person could live. And I don't think people are so different in town to town or city to city that, that individual experience of opening up an email and taking a look at what's going on is, is that different. There could be a different
1: yardstick for what constitutes news.
0: And here's Ronnie Newton of WeHaw.com. The,
1: the nature of West Hartford, I like to say West Hartford loves itself, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean people in West Hartford care about what happens in West Hartford. They don't consider themselves part of a region so much as part of this town. So I think it could definitely translate to another community that has that sense of kind of sense of self and sense of pride in the community. So I don't think it matters what the, what the demographics are in terms of um, economics, but in terms of of civic pride, I think that's what makes the biggest difference.
0: And of course, we wanted to find out where these sites will go in the future. Let's hear from Ronnie Newton of WeHa dot com and Mike Dynan of New Canaanite.
1: So I, I do sometimes I do feel really burnt out, mm-hmm. and I think you know. But then I think, well, what happens if I leave? There's not really anybody who's ready to take my place and do it, and if anybody were, they probably have to be kind of crazy. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like I'll know when it's time to hang up my hat or I'll get an offer to do something that will be so awesome that I won't be able to turn it down. Um, there have been things I've thought about leaving to do, but I, I really like telling stories. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense. I just, and, and to leave that, to do something different, I think it would leave a huge, like a huge empty hole in in what, you know, kind of makes me happy.
2: So I don't see, so I see my field moving in this direction generally. And with the Nutanite specifically, like I said, I mean, until I no longer want to be a reporter. I and mean, this is really what I want to do. In fact, when I was a patch, I was supposed to be managing like 48 I was supposed to be managing managers and overseeing an area of like 48 patch sites in Westchester, uh, Fairfield counties in New York and Connecticut. And like I said, I wasn't a very good manager, but I, what happened was we had openings from time to time in my hometown of New Canaan, that's kind I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would step in to do the reporting and I really loved it. And I can remember having the conscious thought at one point, I said, my gosh, if if I could, if I won the lottery, like if money wasn't an issue, right, I would just become a new Canaan and Patch local editor, and I would ignore everything from headquarters, but I
0: would just do this. Well, there you have it. Those are the basics on how to run a successful hyperlocal news site. Thank you for listening to us today, and don't forget to subscribe to UConn Journalism's weekly Connecticut News newsletter, The Roundup CT, to see news from today's interviewees, and to stay up to date on all Connecticut news. You can also find us on Twitter, at The Roundup CT. We'll see you next time on Behind the Stories.